This is gonna hurt. It's time, it's time for the Suffering, for the suffering Podcast. Podcast. The great poet Emily Dickinson once wrote, Remorse is memory awake. When we open our eyes and realize our missteps and mistakes, that is the day we become self-aware. This newfound awakening can often carry the burden of regret. The weight of regret can become exponentially heavy when we feel unable to rectify the situation. As hard as we try, we struggle in quicksand and can't run away from the pain. All that's left is to sit and stew about the actions that happened so long ago. Too often, hopelessness is a lie that we tell ourselves. Forgiveness comes in many forms and fashions. The strength comes from having the fortitude to either forgive another or forgive yourself. I'm Kevin Donaldson here with Mike Felice, and on this episode of The Suffering Podcast, we welcome back one of my oldest friends, and that's Jay Aponte, to discuss the suffering of bullying. Sort of a revisit episode, but what I put Jay through almost 40 years ago, this is going to be a tough episode for me. He Jay. hopes to put you through that today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little payback. Jay, thanks so much. You traveled all this way. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So I, I, Mike has met you before. You've been to a couple of our events. And um, it, it's really a, a nice success story between, in my eyes anyway, maybe not for your eyes, but in my eyes, it's a it's he, a chance he to- He probably work. still hates you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> He's just a nice guy. <laughs> He's too nice. He hasn't changed a bit in almost 40 years. I, what is it like? <laughs> when did you leave? You were what, 12? Was... So 46 years? I figure- Or 36 see. years. Yeah, I figured that was, we we left the, we graduated 88 from there. Yeah, so, so okay, so 13, so. About 35 years. 35 years, wow, 35 years, jeez. Oh, God, we're aging ourselves. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I got your bolt beat. We won't, we won't even go there. <laughs> Before we go any further, let's throw a big shout out to our marquee sponsor, that's Toyota of Hackensack. We don't trust anybody, and Jay is also a police officer, so, but we do trust Toyota of Hackensack. So if you're looking for a car, go to toyotahackensack.com, let them find you a car. Jay, little different atmosphere from the last time you came in on episode 12. Yeah. Yeah. What are we up to? 120? Jay will be 129. Wow. 129. Wow. Yeah. It's a couple it's, episodes. We haven't gotten any better. I know that. No, nah, still the same. A little buff, more experienced. Buffoonery. <laughs> buffoonery. <laughs> <clears throat> same concept as always. We take, a, we take a question from our audience. This week's question comes from Stephen-12. Something you did in your youth, name something you did in your youth that you would never do today. Jay, you're our guest. I'm going to defer to you. Something I did when I was young that I should not have done, that was uh, I shoplifted. <laughs> I shoplifted. I used to be, uh, let me see. Actually, I still am to, to this day. I uh, used to steal Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars. <laughs> Still to this day? No, not oh. to this day. Not to <laughs> this day. Because you prefaced that. It's still to this day. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I still, I love, I said I love Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars, but I do not steal them. No, you I you get a 1970 cut. Dodge Charger Matchbooks, it still looks good to me. Yeah. Yeah, it still looks Yeah, good. it could be all scuffed up and everything, and it's like, yeah, this this still looks good. Well, we used to crash Matchbox, Matchbox cars back in the day, you know? Mm -hmm. You put those Whistler uh, firecrackers in the back and see if you can get it to go forward? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you used to do all that stuff. Mike, what do you think? You know, when I was younger, like I said, shoplifting was one of the things that I was thinking of, too. I mean, we, we used to steal football and baseball cards all the time. Um, you know, at, at like 
11, 10, like 10 and 13, I had this weird thing where I would shoplift condoms. That was back in the day when <laughs> condoms were out. You know, the little, uh, it's not there anymore. The little convenience store at the, at the corner when it went on to the White Horse Pike in Epsi. We both, um, we were, we were Epsi-kin kids. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. It was because... like Wonderland or something like that. It was a convenience store and they used to mm-hmm. keep them out there. And I used to have a box. Like I'm 12 years old. What the hell am I doing with it? What the hell am I doing? Like I try one on. I'm like, oh, that's that feels gross. And <laughs> <laughs> but you were at the age where you're exploring, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what did you shoplift? <clears throat> like I said, mainly football and baseball cards. And you know, we. But I, I think the thing is, I used to be like a. I was a wild kid. I used to be like a real risk taker. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. doing stunts on your bicycle and coming home all scraped up and, you know. Anything that I was a challenge when I was a kid, I do now. I'm just too old to do that stuff. I would never be able to do that today. You know, the funny thing is, I have something similar because when you when you're you have the joy of youth, and one of the joys of youth is there's you don't even think about tomorrow. There's mm-hmm. no consequences to your action. Mm-hmm. So for those people in the what was that the late '80s, maybe early '90s, if you ever were on the Parkway around exit between uh, between 38 and 42, there was a rest stop at 42. And you saw somebody going by you riding a wheelie on a motorcycle down the parkway doing about 70. I apologize. <laughs> uh, that, that, that was one of the things. Listen, I, I, I'm filled with regret. Uh, well, we, we used, I used to have a Jeep and I'd take the roof off and we'd go down the highway with golf balls and I'd throw the golf balls out and the guys would stand holding on to the roll bar, try to catch the golf balls as they're going down the highway. It's <laughs> a fun game. That's- oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. That's yeah, when when you're well, when a, when a golf ball bounces into the other lane and hits a car, that's when you. Uh oh. Yeah, so, it's like ooh, I think we better chill with this. So we're of the age where Aliens, the second one, came out. Do you remember this one? Oh yeah. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still got some cuts on my fingers. Did a lot of stupid things. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I hope the statute of limitations. I I stole a hot tub out of a pre-construction house which what the again what the hell was i doing with a hot tub <laughs> keeping them with your condoms yeah well the funny thing was is so we put it in the in the reeds in the bay right by the bay mm-hmm. we went back in the morning and it was fucking gone somebody robbed us <laughs> you didn't make a police report did you <laughs> somebody stole my someone's, swag someone stole our stolen hot tub <laughs> so yeah you know and but now so I would never do any of that stuff now for the main reason that now I know I have the burden of knowledge. I know the consequences of all those actions. You imagine getting picked up on a stupid shoplifting call. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that, that, that's the, that'd be the dumbest thing to, uh, especially nowadays where, uh, you're being scrutinized for every single little thing, whether you're going for a job or, you know, some, some simple position or whatever, but yet, you have that on your record, and it's like, why? You know, it's like, was it worth it? Well, as a as a police officer, I've watched police officers walk out and don't even go up to the counter to pay for the coffee. They just like they're entitled to yeah, do it, and it, no. it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You remember the one officer who got whacked for taking breakfast sandwiches? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, so in New Jersey, this was the, this was shows you the level of entitlement that some of some of the officers have. Mm-hmm. The, a local convenience store in town used to give them one breakfast sandwich and a cup of coffee every day. That was that was their thank you to them. Well, this guy goes in there and grabs six six of them. So the owner of the place calls up the police department and was nice enough to say, "Hey, listen, I think you took too many or you didn't pay." 
just stop back in when you get a chance. The guy goes, F you. And mm. that was it. He goes, I was getting him for the squad and the F you. I'm not doing it. He was too proud. So mm-hmm. for 17, I think it was $17 and 30 some odd cents, he lost his job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He we, lost his job. We had a guy, he was a court officer and he was going to serve some papers at a place or something like that and got into an argument with the owner. As the court officer was walking out, he grabbed the candy bar and walked out. <sighs> wow. Guy reported it. Court officer lost his job over a candy bar. Yeah. It, some, sometimes we're our own worst enemies. <clears throat> got that yes. Right. Yes, exactly. It, it's like people need to think it's like, okay, is this worth it? It's like, okay. And, and also with the entitlement thing where it's like, okay, thank you for, you know, you could say thank you for, uh, thank you for, being gratuitous to us to throw some buy. money down, throw a tip down. I, I always exactly. said a, a free cup of coffee used to cost me more money. Yes. And when we were working, a coffee was what, like a dollar twenty-five or something like that. You know, I throw a two-dollar tip down, and turn around, and walk out. Mm-hmm. Right. So that way, when the cameras, you know, they all got cameras. Even you know, <clears throat> it's been that way forever. When the camera sees me, I threw money down on the table, exactly. whether he took it or not, or whatever he did with it. He's the proprietor of the place. I have, I'm out of that. Yes, decision. yes. Stephen, thank you so much for that question. It was a good question. It was a lot of fun. Keep sending in your questions. We will try to get them on the air. So, man, Jay, it's been, back in the day when you were on. Very few people listen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now. Very few people listen. So things have changed. Uh, so I want you to give our audience a little bit about yourself. I'm a law enforcement officer in uh, New York City. I work for one of the one of the agencies that uh, run the bridges and tunnels. It's a three-letter agency. He doesn't, he's not allowed to say it. Well, it's a four-letter, no, no. four, four <laughs> actually. <laughs> but, uh, uh, well, depending on who's listening. <laughs> um, let me see. I'm a father of three. Two kids in college. I have one that's a junior in high school right now. Um, and uh, thankful that, you know, God has blessed me with good kids. That's for sure. And you're heading into the sunset of your career. Yes, I have uh, about a year to go. Mm, Not one willing. Foot, one foot out the door. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. You and getting that short time syndrome yet? Yes. <laughs> it is kicking in big time. It's like, you want me to sharpen a pencil? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> But the thing is, in my nature, though, I'm always there to back up my officers, my my fellow coworkers and stuff, because, you know what, I expect them to do that for me as well. And, you know, especially I got guys that say, like, if they're new to the place, you know, they need to, you know, they need to learn how, how to access this or what do I do in this situation or whatever. And I gladly show them. I gladly show yeah. them because I've had some where it's like, you know, figure it out yourself. Mm. You know, we try not to make the same mistakes that those, the older generation, when when we first came on, made. Where, uh, fuck you, kid. The, the, di- the dinosaurs. Yeah, you, you don't yeah. know. Kid, you'll, you'll learn. It's like figure yeah, it out. You know, it's like we we used to be called the FNGs, the mm-hmm. fucking new guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We <laughs> so, all know what that is. We're past you, the three minute mark. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, you know, and I, you know, to this day, I gladly wear that. I wear yeah. that uh, on my sleeve. You know. So, you know, the old, the old timers you say, "Come on, kid, you're right out of the academy. You should know what to do." <laughs> well, the funny, didn't you learn that in the academy? So the funny <laughs> thing is, is this this whole table here. I mean, just think about how odd this is. We are those dinosaurs. Yeah. That when we came on, you remember the first time you met one of the a guy from? Well, you're 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 in a bigger agency. One of the guys that that you that was on your department, but retired and somebody introduced you. Oh yeah. He used to be on, he's been retired. And you just look at the guy like uh, you're an old man. Now where do you, old man. now we're the old man. Yeah. 
I think about it and it's been a blur. I still remember I still remember orientation. Yeah. I still remember when I first got out to the facility, you know, working the different uh shifts before I ended up picking that I wanted to work uh day tours. And now in uh the detail that I'm in, I'm working uh rotating tours. So my sleep pattern is Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> been there done that. <laughs> so after a long and extensive hunt, I found Jay after about thirty years. And it was a it was a very, very long hunt. So Jay was in That'd be like bittersweet too. It was um well, do you have any idea how many Jesus Apontes <laughs> are on Facebook? <laughs> I mean, it's staggering. Just look it up. Any I, I challenge everybody, just go look it up and you will see the the amount of research. I was like uh I I was like a law clerk looking through these things. So I, I finally make contact with Jay, and he com- he's gracious enough to come in on episode 12 into my house on audio. Mike, <clears throat> I, I don't know why you weren't there. I, I still think Mike was – you were in contract negotiations. Probably, yeah. He was the, holding, the money wasn't right yet. He was holding out for more money. <laughs> so I, I held out from $0 to $0. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, I had to go through his agent. It was a big – it was a whole thing. Um. But we're here to talk about the suffering of bullying, because at the crux of this, one of the most shameful things in my life that I have ever that I have ever done, that I've lived with every single day of my life with regret, was we went to a school named Emma Seattle's. Um, I guess that would be like a middle school now. Yeah. Yeah. ECA. ECA. And um, Jay was the only. You were, I think you were the only, or one of very few mm-hmm. Spanish kids in, in the school. And I. It's like a prime target when you're a kid. Tortured this poor man. <clears throat> tortured him. He's still torturing me now. <laughs> he hasn't changed a bit. I, I, if you go back and listen to that episode, it was a, it was a very humbling episode for me because one of the things that I admitted was uh, things were very jacked up at home for me. And I know that's not an excuse, but what it did when I went to school and I saw somebody who I perceived as a target, I let out the the aggression that I couldn't let out at home. Your home rage. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I unfortunately, you were the, the landing pad for some really, really horrible things. Um, the first time you got that message on Facebook for me, what'd you think? It was a blast from the past. Like I got I got chills just thinking about it now. <laughs> I said, because it was, I think it was uh, I think it was something along the lines of uh, did did you go to Epsecan schools? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, it, that's exactly what it was. You were asking if I had uh, gone to the Epsecan schools because the said, sheer mass of Jesus Apontes was just <laughs> crazy. And uh, that was, I believe, at the time that was when uh, I was coming back from my aunt's funeral. I believe that was in from from in Vineland in Vineland. Yeah, I was in, in Vineland. I was coming back back up north. I was with my daughter. We went to uh, Chick Fil A down in. Uh, oh, I remember this of, whole day. You went to yeah. Chick- Do you remember what you ate? Yeah, we. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember what what we had. Yeah, was, well, that was the was day. That was the day. He's on the. He's looking at his phone. He says, "I fucking got him. I fucking finally got this guy." <laughs> he looked down and said, "What does this jerk off want?" <laughs> it was quite a surprise to. Uh, and like I said, it was a blast from the past. But I didn't. Again, at the age, at our age now, it's like I'm at I'm I'm at peace. You know, it's uh, let bygones be bygones at that point because we're adults now. I and, remember right where I was when I got your message back. 
So I was working in the job that I'm working in now, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting right by our administrative assistant. We're just talking, shooting the breeze, and a message pops up on Facebook. And I remember the like I I I started tearing up, and she she had asked me. She goes, "What's what's the matter?" And I told her the whole backstory of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, um, and then I talked to you on the phone. And you said the worst thing in the world to me, like the, really the worst thing in the world to me. I just, I, I think I started the phone call, Mike, with like, I'm really, really sorry about how I behaved back then. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you said to me? Yes, I forgive you. <laughs> Motherfucker, man. He, want, he wanted a beat down. I said, dude, this was 30 something years ago. It's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be harboring, uh, you know, Any bad feelings will. like that. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like you went and uh, toilet paper my house and uh, egg my house on uh, mischief night or anything like that. You know, it's nothing, nothing to that sort. I mean, it was that, you know, it's a different time. It was a different time back then where, you know, the issue of bullying is not as was not as prominent as it is. It's not as prevalent as it is today. Where, you know, people are. You should have punched hiding. me in the mouth. <laughs> You really, in all honesty, you should have. I'm hoping he does tonight. <laughs> Look at his smile. He, this, he, no, I, I don't. That that's not in my nature. You gotta. It's gotta be really something screwed up in order for me to, you know, even entertain the thought of uh, doing that because it's just again at that point it's like okay, is it worth it? Is it worth? The, yeah, is it worth exactly. the aneurysm or, <laughs> you know, whatever? It's like no, 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 no. It's like when I first reached out to you. Did any of the old feelings come back? Because I'm okay. sure you, you heart back then, if mm-hmm. you put yourself into that 12 and 13 year old kid, I'm sure you harbored some bad feelings towards me. I mean, and you said I wasn't even the worst. No, you weren't. Yeah. You weren't even the worst of the, the, the small group that was uh, involved in, uh, and, uh, you know, on the harassment and stuff. Bunch, like bunch that. of thugs in Obsequen, huh? <laughs> just <laughs> redneck, redneck white kids uh, who stealing condoms and <laughs> and harassing <laughs> Hispanic people, right, yeah. riding their bikes and lighting fires. Abseco was a small town, so you know, yeah, I had to find something to do. <laughs> it was so difficult for me because you had left school. Now, before we get into that, do you mm-hmm. remember some of the things that were done to you? Oh yeah, I was, uh, you know, between the name calling, that it was the the name calling and. Uh, it was it was a constant thing where you know this group any any time I I came across them you know they had something they had to say something any anytime they saw me ever get physical once there was one once it was during gym class no Mrs Sabbath's class because that was me <laughs> <laughs> I, I know no, I know it right now because <clears throat> I'm so ashamed of it but if I don't get it out but we we didn't you know us personally we didn't get physical I remember it was someone else. And I had confronted them because they were the main. No, no. Even though he was, he was one of them. He was I know them. he was one of them. <laughs> and uh, but uh, he was, you know, it was basically like, you know, what is the problem that you have with me? You know, being at twelve years old, you know, I, I got to the point where it's like, okay, this is this is aggravating enough. Yeah. You know, it's like I haven't bothered this person, never, never did anything, and it. You didn't and because I, and I was, what you see right now, Mike, is this. He hasn't changed a bit. Okay, what you see right now is the same congenial person he was in middle school. So why you? 
Support for the Suffering Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Inside the package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker Ear Nose Hair Trimmer, and the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. And we also got the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. <laughs> this is a, this thing is a life changer. Along with that, boxer briefs. I'm going to tell you what these are. These are like high quality boxer briefs, and I'm, this is no joke. I'm not saying this just because their manscape sent it to us. These are nice. My boys are going to be quite happy in there. And you can't tell Kevin's wearing them under the table right now. <laughs> and we also have a nice travel package. Join over eight million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TSP at manscaped.com. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of balls. Why you? Why you? Were we all that big of a racist in order to, just because you were Puerto Rican and you were the only Puerto Rican in our grade? See, and that's, and that's the thing. I don't know if that was, I cannot say if that was what motivated the, you know, the, the bullying at the time. Because the answer, the only, the only answer I got was, oh, I just don't like you. I don't know if it's if it's actually racist. I just think it's seeing someone that's different. Yes, right. Not yes. not necessarily because we had black we had black kids <clears throat> in our school. Yeah, and and they didn't get it like you got it. But I'm going to tell you one incident that I remember specifically, and I didn't bring this up on the first one because I, I guess I'm still embarrassed. Mrs. Sabbath was an English teacher, and mm-hmm. it was sixth grade. You were sitting directly in front of me. I sat in the back because I was fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and um, your pants were riding down. Your butt crack was showing. Mm-hmm. I never, I, for some reason, I just, in the middle of class, I kicked your chair and I said, pull your goddamn pants up. And you turned around and in class, you said, stop kicking me. And I think that was a huge turning point for me. Mm-hmm. It really was a huge turning point because. Bullies have something wrong with them. They're not, they're not okay. Whether something's going on at home or something's going on somewhere in their life, and they're they're mm-hmm. transferring that onto somebody who, again, they, like they they I saw as a target. Could be an insecurity issue too. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. You're 100 percent correct. So the bullying that went on with you was more about me and stuff that was bad in my life. Mm-hmm. which took me a lifetime to get over. And um, I felt about this big when you got up and said something. And I don't even think, like normally, like today I'd have been suspended yeah. 100%. <clears throat> I, I have no excuse for the, because here's the shitty thing. You were such a nice guy that I should have been friends with you. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they were in short, they're always in short supply in middle school. Nice people. Yeah. And and you know what, my kids, I talk about you with my kids now, because my kids, my, my oldest is in, in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I talk about you often. And uh, <laughs> he knew you were coming in tonight. He's like, you're not going to get punched, are you? And I'm like, I might, but I, if I get punched, I deserve it. I'd love to see him come home with a bloody nose. <laughs> <laughs> a shiner or something like that. What did your, when you went home and did you tell your mother, did your parents know? Yeah, my mom, because I was living with my mother at the time. So, yeah. uh you know, I used to tell her about it, and but she was one again back in the day that was like, 
oh, don't pay attention to them. You know, it's like you, you know, don't let them, don't let them bother you. But but it had to on some level. Yes, easier said than done. It's easier said than done. Exactly because it was a constant daily thing. You know, was much, there times like that you regretted going to school? Like, do I, you know, like wake up in the morning? It's like, do I really have to go for it? You know, you know, it never got to that point. It never got to that point where it's like, no, I didn't want to go to school or or whatever for for that for that. But when I would get to school, it's like, oh, I was basically. I was basically prepared to <laughs> take the abuse yeah. that I was going to um, because it was like, okay, I'm, I can't be scared of these guys either. Yeah. I can't show that I'm fearful. You know, you want to, you know, you do want to stand up for yourself and uh, as much as, as hard as it can be for some people. Mm-hmm. but Especially people, if aggression is not in your nature. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I'm not one that, like I said, it's got to be something really you you have to do something really horrible for me to finally snap and get, get to that point. The kids who hung hung around and it was it was almost like a, a mob mentality because once one started, everybody else picked it up. It's and, trying to fit in and try to act cool in front of your friends. Yeah, but you got to also remember, and, and I'll say this to the day I die: I was raised that way. As a matter of fact, Andrew Santiago, who is our producer. We had this discussion before you came in. When I was a kid, you know, on the left, I know there's a hierarchy of, of Spanish culture. I know, I know the hierarchy mm-hmm. uh, as, as it's perceived by the Spanish culture. And when I was a kid, I was told, you stay away from Puerto Rican kids because they're dirty. At that time, now Puerto Ricans are Americans like everybody else. Mm-hmm. They've been assimilated into into the culture and they're they're just like every other second generation person coming to this country. Um but back then, I was taught a very specific way on how to treat people. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I don't think it would I would have fared well if I would have brought you home as a friend. And that's that's a sad thing. So maybe that was always in the back of your mind too. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But it's a, it's a shitty way to live life, and I I just had this discussion with my son. So I said, the kids who you who are not in the quote unquote cool kids who you might think are a little off or you don't want to hang around with because they're not popular, those are the kids you gravitate towards. And I'll tell you why, because that group of popular kids, when the shit hits the fan, they will be ghosts. You'll see it'll be like a cartoon when they leave the room, a smoke smoke puff mm-hmm. will come out. But those kids who you who you say aren't popular, aren't cool. When the shit hits the fan, they're going to be the ones that hang around and stick around. Those are the ones you want to gravitate. Exactly. Towards. Those are the ones that are going to stick up for you. They're going to, uh, they're going to be there for you no matter how bad the situation may be, because they want to make sure that you get through that situation. And they're probably going to be the successful ones when they grow older. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of out <clears throat> stealing condoms, yeah. they were, they were home studying. <laughs> Did you you had your group of friends though in in middle school? Yeah, I did. I yeah, did. and how did they react to what was going on in you? Because some of them I, got it too. Yeah, some of them got it too. But I guess we, uh, you know, we just we took the lumps. We took the lumps as we as we got them. You know, of course, you know, again, it's the normal teasing that we used to do back then that they were that they were subject to and stuff. Um. Back then, you couldn't go to a teacher without being considered a rat or something like that. Now, the kids run to the teachers all the time. They wouldn't do anything anyway. No. I mean, I did something to Jay in the middle of class. The teacher heard it. He got up and yelled at me. And the teacher did nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah. see, you got to also understand. Let me let me take you back for a second because in ECA with the blue lockers, remember mm-hmm. the blue lockers? Yes, they weren't the skinny lockers like you had in high school. They were mm-hmm. big lockers, so you could actually fit somebody in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we and sometimes you had to kick the door closed <laughs> in order to get them in. So yes, people were shoved in lockers. That is a <laughs> that is a hundred percent true. I think that happened That's... in every school growing up when we were kids. You know, <laughs> all I know is you weren't fitting my fat ass in a locker. <laughs> No, I was a big kid back then, too. You ain't fitting me. You weren't fitting me in that locker either. You maybe grease the sides you might get me in. Shove in the janitor's closet. Now, when you left, when you left that school, did the memories fade or did they stick with you for a while? I remember the good, the good stuff more than anything else. It's like I wanted to leave that, you know, that stigma of the the bullying and the teasing, just leave that behind. Um, did it ever continue when you went to high school? No, never did. All right, because we never didn't did. go to high school together for for everybody. Uh, you left school in eighth after eighth grade. You left at yeah, Seekin I left after, Seekin, eighth, yes. after eighth grade. Yeah, I went to I went to Vineland for a little bit. Then I actually ended up uh, moving back with my mom. We went to Absagami for about nine months, and then I ended up moving up to New York. Actually, Absagami kids can go to Absagami now because we had the we had the go to our our sending district was Pleasantville High School which wasn't the nicest place in the world <laughs> yeah yeah that that was and that was part of the reason why I ended up leaving because I didn't want to go to Pleasantville High School yeah did the bullying have anything to do with you leaving or you just didn't want to go to that high school no I didn't want to go to the high school so and at the uh, time I couldn't afford to go to go to Holy Spirit either the, the Holy Spirit was the was the Catholic high school, school that everybody from Apsecon went to even though even if you weren't Catholic yeah yeah I didn't want to go there either but. and it I mean it <clears throat> It was literally right behind. <laughs> it's just that behind, and it's right there. You li- of, your mother of, still doesn't live in that same area, correct? No, no, no. She's she's up here in New York. So you you lived off of California Avenue. Yes. Yes. I remember those. Yeah, the, I remember those really well. Yeah, the, the Epsecon townhouses. <laughs> yes, it was like one of the first townhouse development. It was the only townhouse development in Epsecon. Yeah. Um, you leave. You go through your life. Never any bullying situations. Um, did you ever transfer that on to somebody else? No, 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 that's, that's just not in my nature. I'm, I'm more of the type that I'm going to look to help, Hmm. help through, uh, well, did you ever see somebody in your, in your old situation and try to help them? Um, maybe a couple of times, not, not on the regular, but again, if somebody needed, somebody needed something, I would always Try to help them. Try to find their best way for them. Steer them in the right direction that they needed to go, or to to give them to live, give them the support that they needed. Because you know what, kicking people while they're down is not good. You know, I mean, he's such a nice guy. You must have been some scumbag. I was, a, I was a giant scumbag. <laughs> you really are. I was a giant, giant scumbag. You know, and I've I've searched. So not only did I search for you physically, but I also searched my mind to try to figure out why I did it. Because the minute. You left school. The minute you left school, I started to have this this gut the, this pain in my stomach. Like, why did you do that? Like, why? What is the what is the reason why you did this? So I searched my soul to try to figure out why I did it. And that's a, I, I've been very candid with you. We've had numerous conversations about this. I I wasn't right. I I wasn't right back then. I was I had a really really rough place to grow up. And I just saw somebody to take it out on. But, you know, you, you, so. It's really almost a definition of a bully. 
Yeah, it's, it's the, <laughs> so looking back on it, what would you have done differently? How would you have approached it if you were 49-year-old Jay? I would have been more assertive. I would have been more uh, more like nip it in the butt like right away. It's like, no, this is not going to continue. You are not going to be harassing me. You know, and God knows at that at that point, it's like, okay, we got to step outside. <laughs> yeah. And back to back then, the myth wasn't around that all Puerto Ricans carried knives like it is today. <laughs> no. So, you know, no. It, that, that happened with my son. <laughs> Andrew's shaking his head. Yeah. Andrew, my mouth is going to get me canceled. My, my son was being bullied in high school. And well, actually, it was grammar school, I think. And I told him, I said, when you see him tomorrow, first thing you do, punch him as hard as you can right in the face. I forgot to tell him not to do it in school. So you wound up getting suspended. And they, they called me in and said, your son punched someone. I said, listen, he was being bullied and he told you he was being bullied. Mm -hmm. You did nothing about it. I took it into my own hands. Don't take it out of my son. Take it out of me. Mm -hmm. Him and the kid were best friends after that. Look at that. How did that affect you when you finally, you, you get married, you, ha you start having children. How did that affect the way you raised your children? We're raising the kids. Again, thank God that, you know, you know, amongst hearing hearing what their peers are going through and stuff, that they ended up being the way they were. But one thing I told them was that if anything is going on in school, let us know because we're going to nip it in the butt yeah. right away. We're going to, you know, we got to bring parents in to, uh, you know, to settle this because we got to figure out why it's happening in the first place. Did you ever tell them your story? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, I told them. Uh, I got three more enemies now. Nah. <laughs> Four, his wife. That's, <laughs> well, that's all depending well, on... Well, the wife uh, was always there. Was always there. <laughs> As a matter of fact, after, after, episode, after episode 12, when I had you in, I remember calling Jay, after it aired, I remember calling Jay and going, does your wife want to kill me now? <laughs> <laughs> now uh, you know, sometimes I'm lucky that it, to, to know they're, they're even listening, so... <laughs> in one ear out the other yeah no kidding <laughs> oh I thought to the show because my wife doesn't listen <laughs> we don't have too many listeners now now after after that episode aired I received a ton of messages from people we went to school with mm -hmm. um, they were all calling you an asshole too <laughs> they knew <laughs> most of them knew you know, it wasn't a surprise. Like, hey, so oh my god, he was such a nice guy. Nobody ever said that about me. Uh, one of her, one of the, the the names is Kim. I won't say her last name. Mm -hmm. uh, you know who I'm talking about. She reached out to me and just had such a nice message, and it really brought things full circle for me because it wasn't a healing situation so much for it was. A, I, I'm assuming it was a healing situation for you, but it was so much of a healing situation for me, and mm -hmm. it was nice to know that. You know, although you make, you make certain decisions. That's why that social media question was so important. You make yeah. certain decisions in youth that you have to live with for the rest of your life. Yes. You know, it's it's like getting a case of herpes sometimes. That shit never goes away. <laughs> <laughs> but, you so know. Eloquent, we put. <laughs> I'm a verb, I'm a, a eloquent wordsmith. So, but with you, here's what's possible. You do have the ability to right certain wrongs. It's, it's not, you know, unless you do something that's so egregious that you the, can never make it right. Yeah. There's no turning back from it. It's like, you got to live with what, you know, with whatever consequences happen and that's it. You know, and I worked in, um, before, before I was a cop, I worked in Morris County juvenile and, um, we had to go to other juvenile places from time. We went to Jamesburg. They had a nine year old killer in there. 
Wow. Nine-year-old killer. Well, uh, not necessarily nine, but you hear more and more that 12-year-old kids getting yes. getting locked up and carrying guns into schools. Yeah. and Yeah, that was you had the case in uh, Serbia this morning. This that, morning? Uh, this morning in Serbia in Belgrade. A kid took his uh, father's loaded uh, weapon, and I think he killed seven people or something. Like Holy cow. Did you? We never heard of that stuff. No, never, never. Not, not up until, I think, Columbine. And we were... So this is this is something that's really important that I want to get into. The way they handled bullying with us, and I'm not saying that's right, mm-hmm. versus the way they handle bullying now. I mean, you see this because you you have kids who went through the system at this time. I'm seeing it currently, and Mike, you've seen it as well. They're handling bully as almost like, all right, they'll they'll do their suspension or do whatever, but then they separate the kids. Yeah, where in in our time. The only way to, to get rid of a bully is to stand up to the bully. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we never heard of school shootings. No. So I, I actually have a theory about this, and this might be one of my crackpot theories, but it might hold some truth. So with with somebody who releases that pent-up aggression by finally snapping and saying, cut the shit or we're gonna start, we're gonna fight. What that does is it's that release. Like you can't, when you build that stuff up and build that stuff up, it's like a pressure cooker. And mm-hmm. then one day that pressure cooker explodes. And I think that's what happens with a lot of these kids. Yeah. You know, they go in there and they get the gun, the gun is power. And finally they have some power over the people that, and then there's just some bad kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. The root of the problem has to be addressed like as soon as possible. You know, that's why parents got to stay involved with their kids. You know, it's like any kind of changes they see with the kids Talk to them. Well, what are some what are some changes that that parents might want to look out for? Like some of the some of the signs that you exhibited going home. I'm sure you just didn't open up to your mom and say, "Mom, this is what's going on." Um, look for changes in you know how the attitude, how they treat you when you get when they get home, or if they uh, so like the kid seems to be closed off for you when he was always uh, well they were always a gabby person. You know they were very talkative. When they kind of shut down and it, it it's like daily, it's like, okay, we got to figure out what's going on here. It's like, you know, and, and just. Uh, Was that some of the things that you did? Yeah. Yeah, I admit it. Yeah, I, I kept a lot of that stuff to myself. But I always, I also had avenues to, you know, kind of just take my mind off of things. Like what? What do you. You know, what? I had, you know, back in the day, I had my Transformers, I had G.I. Joe's and. I used to go bike matchbox riding. Matchbox cars that he matchbox stole. Cars, yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of matchbox cars. <laughs> oh, you got to see that. You got to see how many crates I got downstairs <laughs> in my basement. <laughs> all stolen. <laughs> no, all, no, no. All real hot. <laughs> they, 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 he put a whole new term to the word hot wheels. Yeah. 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 yeah not, not Grand Theft Auto, at least. Like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely look for, look for uh, the grades going down. Yeah. You know, where, you know, it's like, okay, this kid's doing, he was doing so well, and now all of a sudden his grades are plummeting. It's like, you got to find out, it's like, hey, what's going on with you? You know, we got to talk, you know, because this is not, this is not who I know you are, you know, in school. Well, my relationship with you really has a, a large impact on how I raise my kids. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So my, my son got into a fight mm-hmm. in school. And knowing the kid he got into a fight with, I'm like, okay, it kind of makes sense. So they suspend my son, and they're both football players of mine. Both Mm -hmm. of the kids are football players. So I knew there was going to be some heavy consequences on my son. 
And I said, look, man, you just, your mistake was you did it in front of a camera. You did it where everybody can see it. Now you got to eat it. You got to yes. take responsibility for what you did. What you did wasn't right. But here's what I did. So I reached out to the kids' parents. I knew the kids' parents. And I, th- this happened like on a Tuesday. So he was suspended. Or no, it happened on a Monday. He was suspended Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. On Saturday, with, their, with the permission of the other parents, I said, look, what I'd like to do is take them both out for pizza. I'm their coach. All right? They both know me. Let me take them out for pizza. Let me work this out. Before Monday, they both got to go back to school, and let's get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. They think that's a great idea. Take them out for pizza, and here's how I handled it. Because it's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult conversation. Got to dance around a lot. Yeah. So you, yeah. you, I said, you two, go sit over there at that table, have a slice of pizza and a drink. Because it's no different than you and I getting into a fight and going and ha- and and sitting in a bar yep. and, and hashing it out. Go hash it out, make up, and they, that's what they did. Within five minutes. You saw their demeanor where, you know, it was, it was one of the, it was one of embarrassment mm-hmm. and you saw their demeanor change into, okay, now they're just back to normal. So here's the problem. I go back in, I, I, there's a, you have to go to a meeting or something and like a re-entry meeting and I, I got to sit with a vice principal and the vice principal, I didn't really care for him too much, tries to make me sign this contract. Okay. These kids will never, never talk to each other, never be around each other, never sit at the same table. And I said, Bullshit. He tries to make me sign it. Yeah, that's that's a little extreme. <clears throat> yeah. Very big. Because it doesn't solve the, if there was another problem, you know, still an underlying problem, doesn't really solve it. No. I think we fall short of teaching our kids how to resolve conflicts. Mm-hmm. I really yeah, do. Without a doubt. So what, what they Especially did- Especially with social media today, because everything just festers. Yeah. Yes. Everything just festers it on social media. It just keeps going just go and back, going and Somebody go, go yeah. back and say, yeah, remember when you posted this? And then, and you know, there's the, the, the keyboard tough guys too. And yes. they'll, just, they'll just keep firing it away. So they, they try to have me sign this contract. I said, nope, take the contract, shove it up your ass. Well, why? And I said, because I just did your job. I took these kids out for pizza together. And guess what? They're fine. Mm-hmm. They both play sports together. They're not going to be able to be separated. I am not signing this. And if I do sign this and they're caught together, guess what? They're going to be suspended again. So mm-hmm. no, I'm not signing this stuff. And I never had to sign it. Mm-hmm. And he was back in school. And, and, and guess what? Never another incident. Never another incident. That's awesome. That's, that, that's good. That's good because. Because I know, wish somebody would have done that with us. Mm-hmm. Sat us down. Yeah. True. True. We and, get to, you, and you probably started bullying him, not even knowing him. Oh, I, I didn't. not even know his personality or nothing. I so maybe if you sat down back in the day and talked to each other, you might have had things in common, and you probably would have been friends. Mm-hmm. There is a cool Spanish story that I have, though. Oh boy! First booby I ever saw was off a Spanish girl in fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she was wearing like a tank top, and she had the little manuchis. <laughs> and she was leaning forward, and I was like, so I "Look over!" I'm like, "Hmm." <laughs> that's how I knew, it. and that's how I knew I was heterosexual. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> From that day on, I still remember. I, I, I remember her last time. I won't say her last, but her first name was Michelle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was Mrs. London's class. God, you never forget your first boob. <laughs> <laughs> My God! Uh, so, hey, Drew, is time up yet? <laughs> <laughs> so, did you ever? Did I, I? We we've kept in contact. You know, little messages. Merry Christmas. How's your family? Let's mm-hmm. get you know. Let's get together and stuff like this. How how has your family received this <clears throat> relationship? Did they ever tell you, hey, just watch out for the guy, or do anything like that? You know, it's funny because it was actually. Let me see. When we first did the when we did the first podcast, 
It was actually my dad that was warning me. Really? <laughs> it was that that was warning me. And he wasn't, not to say that he wasn't in my life or anything at that point, but he was like, oh, you know, you don't know uh, if he has any ulterior motives like Pops. I've known this guy for 30-something years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, it's like, I don't think he's going to be setting me up for some, you know. If I was going to do that, it certainly wouldn't be on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially with cameras now, too. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I, I, I what did your dad say? I, I'm I'm very interested in this. Yeah, it, that was exactly what it was. That, just be careful. Yeah, what did he think me. I was going to like bring you in downstairs and just kick the shit out of you for old time's sake? No, I guess he was more worried about what uh, what would have been broadcast. Oh, you know, okay. Just you know, he's protect protecting me because of you know, especially with uh, you know what I do as a profession and stuff like that. It's like oh, because the, they hold. They hold the uh, stuff against, mm. you know, against us. But Especially the- now. I don't know if you heard. <clears throat> Let me see. You, I don't know if you saw my story that uh, New Jersey now is going to require, supposedly going to require that uh, law enforcement. Get licensed. Yes. Um, yeah. Get, uh, yeah. Three years of their social media. Yeah. They could go back and scrutinize. The, through, through your social media. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you that's know, which I think that's kind of, that's kind of crazy yeah. because it's like. Doctors don't get that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. CEOs don't get that. Why Why are we held to a different... Uh, listen, I, we are held to a higher standard. That's without a doubt. But we can't be held to an extraordinary high standard that we can't meet. Because at this day, everybody's got social media. Yeah. And we're not perfect. We're human beings. We're even, human even if beings. you like something that someone commented on, you know, how many times you're just going down and you hit, you hit like or whatever mm-hmm. and it, I don't even read most of the stuff that I, you know, I, it gets too long and I just I'll hit like, and it could say something like racist towards the end of it or something like that. And it'd be saying, Oh, you like that'll racist be, posts. Yeah, that'll be, yeah, exactly. It'll be misconstrued yeah. as, okay, that's uh bigoted or, yeah. you know, racist exactly. or whatever. And it's like, I mean, un- unfortunately we have to tread lightly when it comes to that because of our, because of our profession. Right. Well, that you know what your father was looking out for your be- your best interests, and that, and that that's commendable. Did your father listen to the episode? I don't know if he did. I don't know if he did. <laughs> did your family? I, I, li- my, I had a few friends. A few. Let me see. A few of my coworkers listened to it. And they were they were very impressed with. Yeah. It. <laughs> so did your wife listen to it? There was a posse. Uh, there was my, a posse started just to my, come down and get me. My wife, unfortunately, is a busybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> but this, at its core, is about healing. It's about healing old wounds because I firmly believe that living with regret is probably the most damaging thing to your psyche. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't realize the, the, the pain that I put you through and they don't realize the pain that it caused me as well. People think, oh, you're just, you were a jock, you were a football player and that's just what you did. And it's like, no, nobody deserves to have that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody deserves to not be be fearful of just going and doing schoolwork without something, you know, without being harassed. Well, school's yeah. supposed to be a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, that's exactly what it should be. It should be a safe place. You know, pe- you learn in a peaceful environment. Have your fun when, you know, when it, uh, when there's time for it. You know, make good memories because that's what a, that's what yeah. school should be. Should be good memories uh, through the learning experience. You know, because that's going to affect someone's life down the line. When, when you were in school, walking down the hall, and you saw Kevin coming, did you say like, "Oh shit, here it goes"? Yeah, something similar. 
So here we go. <laughs> What's he going to do? And he had his whole gaggle of friends around him. <laughs> no, no they, they, they were actually they were actually separated. So I was like, I, you know, it's like if I, if it wasn't Kevin, it was going to be somebody, you know, a couple of the other guys. I'm like, hey, believe it or not, or fish. <laughs> the, the, the teachers used to separate. <laughs> the kids I hung out with outside of school, they used to separate us because together <laughs> you we go were, in this door, you go in that door. Together we were very, very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but this that—that's what this is, though. This is this is all about right now. We're trying to get rid of that regret and heal because one of the hardest things ever is to not only forgive somebody else, which was your your part in this, but I had to forgive myself. Yes, I had to forgive my because. I, and I'm still not 100% there, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not 100% there. So one of the things that, that I brought up last time Jay was in was because of what happened, what I did to you, I spent the remainder of my life always sticking up for the little guy. Always. Like if mm -hmm. I saw somebody that – if you were to see my friends in high school, you they weren't the typical friends that you would think I would hang around with. Because the, the, maybe that, this kid was getting harassed or bullied. Those are the kids I would gravitate towards. Because mm -hmm. I know the other side. I know what they're feeling. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Mike's, Mike's over here chomping at the bit because he just <laughs> wants to egg this shit on. I was going to say, have you guys gone back to any reunions yet to see what that would be like? They don't have... Well, they don't have grammar school reunions. grammar school reunions. Yeah. But I still... Listen, we're friends <clears throat> with a lot of the same people oh, yeah. on Facebook. Facebook. Facebook, yeah. And you know they they follow, they yeah. Follow, <laughs> yeah. We you know we keep tabs on each other, and uh, you know it's nice to see you know especially uh, especially as we're older, you know their families growing and stuff. So it's it's pretty cool. A lot of grandparents. Oh yeah, I'm sure. A lot of grand early grandparents. Early grandparents. Like <laughs> now, being a grandparent at, at 48, 49 is no big deal. But there were some ones that were in their thirties that were grandparents. Because like you said, there's nothing to do in Obsequia. Nope. <laughs> Except steal condoms and still, yeah. yeah. Well, if they're grandparents, they, they, they weren't stealing, stealing condoms. condoms. <laughs> they should have come to me. I would have made sure they weren't. They weren't grandparents. Jay, uh, just, just tell them what a jerk off is. Come on. Oh, I'm, would, not, I got to be for it to come out. I got to be honest with you. That would have been in our first meeting. That would have been the most satisfying thing for you to just curse just, me out, hang up the phone with me. I'm like, okay, I said my piece. I don't have any resolution, but it is what it is. Nah, I'm the type that. Uh, you know, like I said, I I have to forgive because I'm not perfect either. Is I'm your mother from is it. your mother still around? Yeah, yeah. Did yep. she listen? Um, no, no, I don't think she did. Um, that's got that's got to be painful uh, for her to watch that. You know, you you dealt with it with your son. Yeah, no, knowing that she really didn't know the full effect of what was going on. Yeah. Right, for her to listen to it now, thirty five I mean, years later. Well, you got to figure she was a single mother working the casinos and stuff at the time, and. uh you know, just trying to keep two kids going because, you know, she used to drive us to school. At, at one point, she was driving us to school. Then eventually we ended up on the cheese bus. So. Cheese um, bus. <laughs> um, I lived too close to school to ever get on a bus. <laughs> I had to walk. And like, so that's the joke. I had to walk in every bad piece of weather because I lived so close. So like if it was snowing out, I walked. Mm -hmm. If it was raining out, I walked. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, yes, and every once in a while, Grizzly Bear would come out, and I'd have to fight it off with my loose leaf notebook. <laughs> had it tough. I'd tell you, up, I had it tough. Uphill both ways. Uphill both ways. Yeah. Yes. Actually, yeah. actually, there's a, bit, there's a bit of truth to that, because there was a, there was a hill that went like this. That was a slope, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, you know <laughs> yeah, what I'm talking about. Exactly. It, it, the hill went like this, so 
You did walk downhill both ways, but you walked uphill both ways as well. Mm-hmm. And uphill was the the more difficult part. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it always. Wasn't, it wasn't slight. It was. No. Uh, it was a little bit. Um, so if you had to had to look back, what was the worst thing that was ever done to you? I think it was the name calling at one point. That's when I got into that fight. I remember I when you got hit in the, the, when you got hit in the crotch with a pixie football. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so let me paint this. How this, hard did you throw it? I didn't throw it. Uh-huh. I didn't. I kid named Ryan threw it. <laughs> All right. I remember this scene very well for whatever reason. And this is how not only was Jay getting picked on, but he was very unlucky when it came to this stuff. So this kid, Ryan throws, you know, the little, yeah, the little dime ball. store pixie footballs, throws it into a crowd. And for whatever reason, that day on the playground, we were grouped up and he throws it directly into the crowd being a jerk. The crowd clears like like a school, like a shooting parting in the Red Sea. The crowd clears and there's poor Jay standing there like a sitting duck. <laughs> I don't sitting know. Dick. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. It was the he couldn't replicate that in a million years, but it hit Jay square right in the right in the boys, right in the unmanscaped boys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was it was more embarrassing than the pain <laughs> because everybody saw it on recess. But he was standing like in the middle of the crowd. It's like, what's going on? It's like, boop. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so my my terror didn't only just. I don't know if this makes you feel better or worse. My terror didn't only go towards you. There were others that I really shamefully. And and I've made peace. I've made peace with, but they're not talkers like you are. So I can't have them in. <laughs> you were you were definitely the worst. But Jay, I can't say it enough how sorry I am for what you went through, for what I put you through. I live with it every day. But as I always say, because you are on the Suffering Podcast, I was right where I was supposed. I was supposed to do it. You were supposed to be in it. Because let me let me let me be quite honest with you. If it was anybody that was a that was meaner. Who knows what you would have done to me? You would have kicked the shit out of me. You would have stabbed me, shot me, whatever it is. Talk about school shootings all the time. He could have brought a gun into your house that day and shot you. Yeah. But if if he harbored any ill will. So unfortunately, (laughs) you were the person that I had to do that to because I learned my lesson and there was never any severe consequences for, for other than psychologically for my, my end or your end. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would, I would, I would say so. Yeah. It was, uh, again, we being in eighth grade and stuff like that, and at, at those times, you know, you don't think about it, but now it it uh, it reverberates, and you know, it it it, you know, even I even have moments where it's like, oh, you know, it just a random moment come out of the blue, and it's like, oh, why did I do that? And why didn't I stick up for myself? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I should have, you know, I could have, I could have been more <clears throat> aggressive, you know, I could have been, but again, it was not in my nature. It was not in my nature. My mom was more, you know, and as much as parents used to say, you know, not stick up for yourself. You got to fight, you know, do whatever. I was not, that was not in me. That was not in my nature. The name calling, was it racist at all or, you know, racially motivated? No, it was more, uh, it was was silly stuff. It was silly stuff, but the problem was the consistency of it. It was like, it just kept bugging me, bugging me, bugging me. It's like poking the bear. We, Jay's, Jay's actual name is Jesus. And we, I had never met anybody named Jesus. 
And when you look at it on paper, it's spelled Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we used to call him Jesus. Uh, we used to say, hey, Zeus. Hey, Zeus. Yep. Hey, Zeus. Now he's going to get pissed. Yeah, <laughs> no. Now you're poking the bear. <laughs> no, you know, so there's, there's a great scene in Die Hard 3, Die Hard with a Vengeance, mm-hmm. where he's talking to Samuel L. Jackson, and Samuel L. Jackson's name is Zeus, and he keeps calling him, hey, Zeus. And yeah. he goes, do I look Puerto Rican to you, yeah. motherfucker? <laughs> I swear yep. to God. And now you, when, when that came on, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Flashback. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, my, my shooting affected me, but definitely um, my my terror towards you affected me much, much more. That was your first real trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of them. Yeah. One of them anyway. So, okay. Jay. Early day trauma. How's it? Is there anything you want to plug? Your mouth. I have nothing right <laughs> off the top of my head yet. You, you're doing any, you, you involved in any organizations that you want to give a shout at out this, to? At this point, no, not at this point. No. You know, I think once I, once I retire, I'll see what I get involved in and, you know, take it from there. Any plans post-retirement? Getting out of New York, that's for sure. <laughs> Getting out of New York, moving south? Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere down south. <laughs> it's expensive to live in New York. Yes. Yes, it is very they say the South is getting expensive now, too, because everybody's moving everybody's from up here moving, down there. Yeah, everybody's uh, leaving, you know, they're leaving town here. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. My son, my my son that's in college up in Geneva, he he was one from, I think, like seventh grade. He was like, no, I don't want to live in New York anymore. It's like uh, when I'm 18, I'm leaving. <laughs> so he went and, to college in New York. So yeah, he, but upstate New York is yeah, like a different, different country. Yeah. yeah, where he's at. You know, he is, uh, you know, he's up in wine country up there. So, you know, he went to an agriculture high school in uh, the city. He went to John Bound. And uh, that's the only agriculture specialized high school in the city. And he he loved it. He loved it. He loved tending to the animals. They have a little farm that they share with uh, Queens College. Um, which it's like I I look for and it's like I don't even see it. I don't (laughs) even know where where they're doing all this farming and stuff. But it's there. And uh, then when he heard about uh, he heard about this viticulture program upstate, we took a ride up there uh, a couple of Februarys ago. Met up with the advisor up there, and it was like he was like, "Sign me up." Does he want to go to California? Because that's that's like the wine capital of the world. He maybe yeah he he might be inclined to do so to to check out California, but where he's at. Up, up where California. he's at in the Finger Lakes, it's all uh, that's all wine country. You don't leave New York to go to California because it's still probably the smell of weed is everywhere. That's the yeah. one thing I can't stand about New York is the smell of weed is everywhere. Let me tell you, on my trip out west, it, you didn't you didn't uh, deal with that. Well, San Diego's a little different than yeah. I mean, it, like Los I, Angeles. I actually and... ran into a couple of uh, you know ex New Yorkers. You know, uh, one retired couple and one guy that was, uh, he was a waiter at the restaurant that we had gone to. In from. San Diego. In San Diego. Yeah. He was originally from Bethpage, Long Island. Oh, wow. And uh, it's like, it's like, wow, what a small world. Yeah. You know? And at, at the same restaurant, too, we, we dealt with, uh, we, we had ran into those, uh, we had ran into that retired couple. Was, and they love it. They love it out there. But it's like $6 gas. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jay, we're coming to the end of this thing. And just as always, same question I'm going to ask you now is the same question I asked you when you came in on episode 12. You've gone through an enormous amount of suffering at at your hands, at my hands, at my hands. What do you think it's taught you? Stand up for myself more than uh, than taking it, because nowadays, especially taking it, 
all it does is lead to more trauma and that could lead to something where you know you bring out the ugly real ugly in somebody and god knows what can happen especially nowadays you know people reach a breaking point and i think back then the breaking point wasn't as wasn't as soon as it is now to to a lot of people one of the episodes that happened after yours was um the gentleman named gene halberger who Mm -hmm. um lived in upstate new york his son Jimmy was bullied and went through the social media bullying, and mm-hmm. he ended up. I remember you telling me about he, it. He ended up doing the unthinkable and uh, taking his own life, and that's something that we have to break. That's something that we have to avoid. Yes, yes, because if that would have happened to you, I would have lost my. I would have been so upset that I was the cause of that. You know, mm-hmm. so this this between you and I is very bittersweet. Okay. It's, it's very sweet because, you know, we reconnected and I consider you one of my very dearest and oldest friends and I love you to pieces. Same here, brother. Same here. But it's bitter because for 35 years, I lost out on a very, very good friendship that I could have, I could have cultivated and had for my entire life. Mm -hmm. So it's bittersweet for me for that reason. No, but I mean, he, he like, you know hasn't stopped smiling since he's been in here. You know, he's just a nice guy. That's why I said you must have been some scumbag. Was he the worst bully there? No, 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 no he wasn't. <clears throat> he wasn't. There, was, there, was, there was, there was one, there was one that was worse than him. By the way, he's bald now, but he, but he's still, but he's still a bully. That's like, that's like saying he's got the best complexion in a leper colony. He was still a bully. <laughs> hey, in the in the land of the Cyclops, the two-eyed man is king. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's going to do it for this episode of the Suffering Podcast, The Suffering of Bullying with Jay Aponte. And as always, let's think about all the stuff that we learned today. The stupidity of youth has consequences, even if you can't see it. Regret is the hardest emotion to live with. Bullying comes from something's wrong with the bully. But most importantly... I'm grateful for what Jay has taught me in my life. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Suffering Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on all social media, LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Don't forget you can always listen before you watch all of our audio episodes come out on Sunday before they're released on YouTube on Monday. And for your digital business card, see, I didn't say free. Uh, it's about time <laughs> go to learn. Pop, go to popple.com, put in TSP20 for a nice 20% discount. And if you do log on to our social media, comment on it, please. We're looking for comments. Good, bad, indifferent, doesn't matter. Hey, something as simple as a social media question. On Instagram, follow Mike at Mike underscore Follow me at Real Kevin Donaldson. And of course, follow the Suffering Podcast. And we'll see you on the next episode.